What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Pod Talk. It's been a while since I've been on here and did an episode for you guys, but don't fret. This segment is going to be kick-ass because I'm going to be going through the interview process, what to do, what to bring, what to say, what not to say, how to feel confident, what to do afterwards, and how to kill this interview game and how to feel your best and do your best. This being said, this particular episode is slightly tailored to students, podiatry medical students that are applying for podiatric residencies. Um, So some things may not pertain to certain people that are only applying to um, something not podiatry. Um, So if you're applying for colleges, if you're applying for jobs, if you're interviewing in another setting besides the podiatric residency interview, all this information still pertains to you. There's just a couple of things that you may not uh, use uh, or do not pertain for you. So let me just dive right in, quick intro about the interview process and what happens for uh, podiatry specific interviews. So under podiatric medicine, uh, our interviews are a little different than the other interviews that we have for other medical programs. We have a centralized application interview, which means that you apply for interviews and most of the programs that participate for residency programs are all going to this um, area in Texas, Plano, Texas, and the students that are applying to these programs are all gonna go to uh, Plano, Texas as well, and these interviews are gonna take place um, in 2019, January 10th to the 15th. And these interviews take place in a hotel called the Embassy Suites. I used to actually call that uh, hotel the Green Goblin Hotel because at night they have like this kind of like creepy green light that shines on the hotel. So I was like, oh, we're going back to the Green Goblin. Okay, cool. So that was just my little spin and uh, craziness about it. But yeah, that's pretty much how it works. So everyone pretty much shows up at the same hotel for those uh, 10 um, from the 10th to the 15th and they do interviews. So basically the way you can think about it, it's like interview speed dating. Um, You sign up for a certain interview slot and then it's basically you move on to the next one you move on to the next one for a couple days in a row so that being said let me just dive right in and talk to you a little bit more about kind of preparing for your trip to interviews Um, so I understand that section one this year is east coast and that goes from the 10th to the 12th and section two is west coast um, that goes from 13th to the 15th My personal experience, when I did my interviews, all my interviews were in section two, they were in West Coast. Um, I decided, and this was a mistake, so I don't recommend this, I decided that, hey, I'm gonna be staying with my two friends that are mostly doing their program interviews on the East, so they were mostly section one, which means their interviews were from the 10th to the 12th, Um, and my interviews were after that so i was like hey they're gonna go and do their interviews let me just tag along early i'll kind of take it as like a little vacation time before my interviews i'll use that extra time to study it'll be awesome i'll be in the sun i can go to the pool and study like in this whole idea played in my head that it was going to be so chill and like stress-free and i'm just going to be totally in my zen when i'm studying that was a mistake and let me tell you why um number one 
it is so frustrating watching people interview in and out for a couple days before yours because you see them and you listen to them and you watch them hype about what they knew what they didn't know what the program said what they wish they said and i for my from my experience i was just hyping myself up like going into interviews i was super excited i was like yes interviewing is totally my thing i love this this is like i live for this like i love talking to people you know i had just studied my ass off or bored so i felt really uh, prepared academically but i don't know i just psyched myself out um because i was just watching these people going in and out of interviews and i was like man i wish i had interviews like i wish i had experience like what they're going through like i want my interviews to come and go so my recommendation if you're specifically scheduled for a certain slot go there for your slot don't go there early don't go there and kind of linger around um uh so about that number one i don't recommend staying in the embassy suites the embassy suites has everyone and everyone going to interviews staying in that hotel students residents attendings um i highly recommend that you find a hotel or a motel or stay with a friend or stay with a family member around the Plano area and there's plenty of hotels there to choose from. Um, the Embassy Suites just has so many people that are under stress, students, and as someone like me who picks up on vibes from people, you definitely want to isolate yourself from that. You definitely want to have your own space. After a day of interviews, you don't want to stay in the same place. Um, you want to go somewhere different, change your environment. So that's my uh, number one tip. Actually, number two, the two tips that I have already are number one, um, don't stay at the Embassy Suites Hotel. And number two, go to Texas when you're actually scheduled to interview. Don't go super early because you're going to psych yourself out like I did. Um, and number three, stay with people that are positive. Stay with people that don't bring you down. Stay with people that are not Debbie Downers and like are like people that are totally freaking out about the smallest thing. Um, the two friends that I stayed with are super chill um they were very supportive of me they were we support each other we helped each other study uh they had a really good sense of humor very lighthearted. you want to stay with people that bring you up don't stay with people that bring you down and are like oh my god this was so hard we're gonna fail this interview and negativity no just wipe that out don't stay with people that are negative um so that's my little information about that um, so let's see here. So I talked about my experience with that and what to do in terms of where to stay. So let me back up and talk a little bit about the scheduling interview process. So you're going to have a date where the scheduling slots open for interviews and you have, it's kind of like a stressful experience because basically this database opens and everyone's trying to log in at the same time to schedule slots. So make sure you are completely on full battery on your laptop. Make sure that um, you have full Wi-Fi access, full internet access, so you can schedule the interviews um, painlessly. My, inter my uh, Wi-Fi crashed in the midst of me uh, um, scheduling interviews and that was like super stressful for me. Um, so that being said, 
you definitely want my advice when it comes to scheduling interviews is schedule some programs either filler programs programs that you've never been to before programs that you're not super interested but you feel like you have to add a couple programs still on your interview list schedule those first you definitely want to get your feet wet with interviews uh, no pun intended uh, but you definitely want to experience at least one or two before you dive in into the interviews into the programs where you're very interested in um, so for me I scheduled maybe two or three interviews um, some programs that I did go to that I wasn't super interested in and some programs that I didn't even go to. I didn't even know the people there. I didn't even visit. Um, and those were for me like practice interviews and those definitely laid the foundation of how interviews are, um, what to expect in an interview, what kind of things they ask in an interview. And it's basically like a rough draft. So I highly recommend that you schedule programs and interviews that are basically like practice for you. Um, and who knows? You never know. Sometimes you go through these interviews as practice and as like rough draft interviews and you may end up loving the people that you interview with. So never, ever, ever, ever underestimate the power of meeting new people and interviewing with people. Um, you may be using it as practice, but you never know who you're going to meet. That being said, if you are scheduled for an interview, do not cancel interviews. I have seen people burn because they were too cocky and they were too egotistical to keep the interview that they weren't interested in the program. If you feel like you have a really good idea that you're going to go somewhere and you're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket, but you're not a thousand percent sure, do not cancel interviews. And I'll kind of get into that a little bit more later. Um, so yeah, you want to have a couple of interviews before, um, basically just to get you on your feet and you can better prepare yourself for the ones that matter most to you. So I'm going to next talk about first impressions. First impressions are key, are key, 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 key when it comes to interviews um, statistics show that it takes less than 10 seconds for someone to decide if they like you or not. And this more goes towards um, interviews where you have not visited, where the people don't really know you, where you don't know the people. So first impressions, especially when it comes to interviews for jobs, for residencies, for um, interviews like that, first impressions are key. So you basically want to walk in and you don't want to give them an excuse not to like you. Um, and what do I mean by that? You don't want to walk into the room fully loaded. Think less is more. So what I mean by that is when I was going into interviews, you would I would see like girls and guys, but mostly girls carry a purse, a tote, a sweater in one hand, a water bottle. It's like, girl, you are not going to the gym. You are not going shopping. All you need is a simple pad folio or a tote. Keep it simple. You want to walk in gracefully. You want to walk out gracefully. You don't want to like be situating yourself. Oh, you're walking in, you're sitting down, you're putting your water bottle, the water spills, like less is more. You walk in, you put your stuff down, like your little tote or your pet folio on the table, you sit down, done, game over. Um, guys, I definitely saw guys carrying around backpacks. 
it's like okay you want to carry around a bag that's fine but these backpacks were bulky as hell like what are you carrying in your backpack are you camping at the embassy suites no do you think someone in the middle of your interview process is gonna tell you to bust out some uh, materials to start like a PhD thesis and do all this research no so lose the bulky backpack you don't need it like I said less is more so that being said what is there to bring what should you bring to interviews especially for academic interviews like these um, professional interviews what do you bring my advice is number one bring a padfolio with a notepad and a pen even if you have no intentions of taking notes still bring paper and pen it shows enthusiasm it shows that you're willing to learn about the program it shows that you don't know everything it shows that you will take time to take a pen click it bust it out write whatever you feel is important on a piece of paper for future reference um nothing is more frustrating than wanting to write something down during an interview but you don't have the essentials to do so so please just bring a pen and paper it'll save your life when it comes to interviews and please 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 don't be that person that busts out their phone and takes quote unquote notes on it it just looks so bad you're in a professional setting you are interviewing for a very big position residency is no joke so you have to treat it accordingly you have to be professional do not bust out your phone um, the second thing to bring, I would say, is extra copies of your resume and your CRIPS application. You never know what could happen with paperwork. Printers break, people don't have paper, people forget to bring copies of applicants' CRIPS and uh, resumes. So honestly, bring enough where you can feel comfortable giving at least one or two out per program that you're interviewing. Is it kind of a waste of paper? Yes, but you never know how many you're going to need. So it's better to be overprepared than underprepared. And whatever you don't use, you can always recycle. But it's better to be overprepared and have all the materials ready in case they do ask for it. Number three, I would say uh, business cards, information cards are super, super, super important. Um, Yes, the people that are interviewing you clearly know your name, clearly know your information, but you have to also remember that you're going to be putting yourself in a setting, in a professional setting, where you're going to meet people outside of the programs that you're going to be interviewing with. You're going to go to socials, you're going to go to social events, you're going to meet people um, in the lobby, you're going to be meet, be meeting people like in between interviews. You never know who you're going to meet, and I learned this um, firsthand, you never know who you're gonna meet, and you never know who you can give your out, give out your information to. That one day this person will play a crucial role in your life, and I experienced that hands um, um, firsthand in my experience. So basically, if you don't have a business card, and I honestly like, I don't really like calling them business cards because you're not like a business per se. I like calling them information cards. So you don't want to be that person that's like, oh, let me give you my business card. And then you just give them a card with your name and email. Like, okay, please, you're a student, you're a resident, like you're not a business. So what I like to call them is information cards. So let's say you're talking to someone and you're interested in what they're saying. They're interested in what you're saying and you want to give your contact information 
you know, I'll be like, oh, you know, thank you for chatting with me. Let me give you my information card. And you just give them a card. It's just smooth. You look prepared. It's very professional. Um, Basically, your career as a podiatrist, your career in any sort of schooling starts day one of your schooling. So if you don't have information cards by now you're basically behind in the card game in my opinion but have no fear you have plenty of time to contact your school um if they are the ones that are distributing the business cards or the information cards or if you want to make your own um you can definitely do so yourself you have plenty of time before interviews um where i get my cards from i go to vistaprint.com they have really good choices you can get like 500 for like ten dollars uh, and it doesn't have to be super fancy, black car, matte, thick. Like it, it can just be something simple, like a little bit goes a long way. Um, when I went to the July APMA conference, I met a lot of students that were a part of the uh, IPMSA or APMSA and all of them that I spoke with had little information cards that said, their name, student doctor, their school, their information. And I was like, this is so cool. This is so nice that the school does that for them. Um, so that's definitely something if you don't have, I highly advise that you get. And you continue to do so, honestly, for the rest of your career because information cards like that come in so handy when you're a resident. You can take up the conferences and so forth. Okay, so let's see, how are we doing on time here? All right, 17 minutes. So I think I'm gonna actually talk a little bit about what to wear attire, and then I'm gonna cut that as part one, and I'm gonna continue the rest of it as part two because I don't want a 13, or I'm sorry, I don't want a 30 minute long interview uh, episode. I wanna cut it down into parts. So going into what to wear, this is one of my favorite topics to discuss because um, it's always interesting to see what people choose to wear or what not to wear um, at interviews. And when you're in a setting where you see so many people go in and out from hotel rooms, um, I love people watching and it's just fun to look and observe and to even talk about. So I've always been an advocate of dressing to impressing. Like that is totally my thing. I completely believe in that you look good, you feel good, people perceive you differently. You need to put yourself together, pull yourself together, look the best that you can look when it comes to interviews. Um, if you dress well, I feel like people have a different sense of respect for you, that you took the time to make yourself look good for them. Like it shows effort, it shows that you want to look presentable, it shows that you would be someone that would bet best represent their program so they are basically picking students that want to represent their program so you want to look fresh you want to look clean you want to look good so you can feel good type of thing um so let me talk about the ladies ladies if you are wearing high-heeled shoes that you can't walk in no if you're walking like a toddler then you have to ditch the shoes i saw so many girls like walking and they're like like an acrobat app you cannot walk in those shoes. Don't wear the shoes. It's like seriously as simple as that. You want to walk into the room 
grounded, not wobbly as hell. You want to feel confident. If you don't feel confident walking quickly and powerfully in those shoes, then those shoes are not for you. Then those shoes are not for that setting. You want classy shoes, nothing too like wild looking. Kind of avoid the whole studs on the heel thing. Um, the colors I recommend for shoes when it comes to the professional setting of interviews, black, nude, beige, brown, navy, very neutral colors I feel like are very fitting for more of a professional setting. Um, shoes and funky shoes with like neon colors, neon pink, neon yellow, not the best way to stand out in interviews. Um, you're not in the club, you're at Embassy Suites interviewing for a residency position, so dress like it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So clothes, nothing short. If you're walking and your skirt's riding up, no, you're getting judged. And I'm telling you, I'm judging you over this podcast. If you're thinking about wearing a mini skirt to interviews, that is so not appropriate. Um, nothing too low. If you're there and your cleavage is showing, no. If you are heavier uh, breasted and you have like a heavy rack, there's nothing wrong with that, but you need to cover that up. It's just basic common sense. Um, there was some girls that I saw in interviews that had like a low-cut black dress, like literally their boobs were hanging out and they have some tight-ass blazer. Like, where are you going? Like, I, it just blows my mind how people dress. And there are clothes to fit every size and every style of body. And I feel like if you just dress well you can make any shape and any form look beautiful and any size and any form is beautiful but you have to not show yourself that way when it comes to interviews um clothes that i think are appropriate for interviews suits and that can include pantsuits for women dress suits um suits that come with a skirt and you can wear like a button up with them with a blazer for me my personal style i always wore dresses when i went to interviews uh with blazers um or sometimes i would wear like a dress on its own if it had like a sleeve I'm not the type to wear a dress that's sleeveless. I think that you have to be a little bit more conservative and professional. So I think if you're going to wear a dress, you should wear like a blazer or a sweater over it. Um, and let's see here. I'm a huge personal fan of white collared um, and black dresses. I think they're very fancy, classy, professional, simple but elegant Um for me, the kind of accessories that I use to stand out and to kind of express my individuality without looking like a circus freak is the blazers that I chose to wear. Um, so basically I had like um, a dress suit. I had like a black dress and then the blazers that I chose to wear were um, either had a cool pattern, um, nothing too funky though. Uh, the one that I wore was like red, the other one was blue, and it had like a really cool like neck cutout. I'm gonna show you guys pictures on Instagram later on. Um, so kind of stand out in an individual way without being too loud about it. Uh, for guys, 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 you guys, I feel like have it easy. There's a lot less for you to think about when it comes to professional wear. Um, women have to think about skirts and dresses and pantyhose and this and that. Guys, if you guys wear a, sh a suit and a tie and good shoes and good socks, that's all you need. Please, 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 please don't be that guy that wears a suit and gym shoes. Did I see that in interviews? Yes. Do I see that today? Yes. Please, for interviews, you want to have the complete package look. And if you're looking for that and you're looking for a way to kind of have the whole professional vibe going on, leave the gym shoes at home. 
Um, so let's see. One thing for guys that I did notice in interviews, and I do read up on things of what to wear, what not to wear for interviews. I feel like in a lot of articles and a lot of documentaries, they always talk about the red power tie. Was it overdone a little bit when I went to interviews? A little bit. Um, I found myself seeing way too many guys with a really red, solid, vibrant red tie. It's a little overdone. People understand that, you know, why you're wearing it is to show like confidence and power. So if you want to wear a red tie, there's nothing wrong with that. But I would rather do so in a more subtle way. Um, nothing too much in your face. Something with like a subtle pattern, um, a different tone of red, like a burgundy would look really nice. Um, and that being said, you don't want to wear anything too boring on the opposite spectrum. You don't want to look flashy, but at, at the same time, you don't want to look like a basic B, you know? So what I'm talking about basic, a black suit with black shoes, with a black tie and a white shirt, like black, white, black, white. It just looks a little basic. I think you can play up um, your wardrobe a little bit when it comes to that. It's like you don't want to work. You don't want to look like you work at Olive Garden. Basically, you want to have a little bit of pizzazz, um, whether it's with a tie or the socks, something a little funky just to make you stand out, but nothing in a too much in your face type of way. Be a little daring with your outfits, but be mindful at the same time. Um, one thing that I chose to do when it came to my accessories was I wore my sulfate pin on all my blazer jackets and all my dresses that I did my interviews then. And let me tell you, that was a wonderful, 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 uh, conversation striker and really, really good icebreaker. Um, for me, sulfate is something that I started. Sulfate is something that I have a passion for to grow. And for those of you that don't know, it's basically an organization where we raise money to buy uh, new shoes for children in need. So if someone came up to me or if I was in an interview and they said, oh wow, cool pin, where did you get it? Bingo. Conversation starts right there. Oh, this is a soul fit pin. Basically, this is what we do. This is who we are, blah, blah, blah. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful way to break the ice, to talk about something positive. Uh, it's a really good conversation starter. So for me, the great conversation starter was my soul fit pin. Um, and you want to maybe pick an accessory and tie it with a story. So if you have a pin from an organization that you were really a part of, or if you have a piece of jewelry or a tie clip, something that kind of stands out in a subtle way, but it's eye-catching and it's tied to a story, chances are people are gonna ask you about it. And chances are you're gonna talk about it. So have a story tied in if you have an accessory. Um, that you feel like people are going to ask about and have a story that's like more of like a positive note like oh this is from you know my grandma who gave it to me and it's passed down from generation to generation or this is from a pen that we started a club at at our school and we've had this in impact and this is what we do like something with a positive note um i think that's a really good way to stand out um, visually and have a really good first impression and break the ice a little bit. So that will conclude our part one of our interview um, talk. Part two is basically going to dive into the interview process, um, basically give you a rundown about interviews, the 
style of them, what to say, what not to say, what to do afterwards, um, what to say if you're kind of like in a sticky situation with what uh, attendings ask sometimes during interviews. So that was part one. Stay tuned for part two and I hope to hear from you soon. Bye.